Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Hello, Dance Principles United podcast land, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. And this week's podcast, we're talking about all things concert videography. Because we know coming up to this time of year, everybody is well and truly into concert mode. And whilst I know most of you have already booked your videography for this year's concerts and things like that, I want to bring on James from Jum Media today to talk all things concert videography, to make sure that um, everybody out there is getting the best value for their money um, because you know we all put so much time effort and energy into our concerts and we want those incredible mementos of the concert videos for our students to be able to keep so I want to bring Jum on today to chat about all of that and um, just let us know because it's always something right that we see all the way through the year um, but especially around this time on air all the Facebook groups um, always loads and loads of questions about concert videos, best practices and whatnot. So welcome to the Dance Principles United podcast, John. G'day, thanks for having us. Nice to be here. Absolutely. And now look, we are recording with children as usual in the background. It is school holidays here in New South Wales. So yeah, you might hear the odd, uh, the odd shout in the <laughs> background, but we are all used to that after two weeks. Who is ready to send kids back to school? I know I am. Um, so what we want to start with today is um, one of the questions we always see around like I said, on these Facebook groups is the, you know, the DVD versus digital downloads and things like that. Um, I just wanted to maybe get you to explain, Jum, why that old DVD model of you know, minimum orders and this, that and the other isn't viable for you as a business. So the first thing to think about with DVDs and, and in USBs for that matter as well, you know, because they came along not long after DVDs, is that you know, you're getting to this point where you've got your finished product and then you're paying for what is essentially, you know, the consumable item, extra on top just to get it delivered, um, you know. And it's it's a cost that literally now with high speed internet um, and and the ability to to download it, we just didn't want to have to bring it on to other people. I mean, yeah, we could still do DVDs. Not that I know anyone that still has a DVD player accessible, yeah. but you know, USBs and that. But it's an extra cost, and 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 they're not cheap. And we'd rather have it that it's cheaper for. For our clients and, our, and and your your customers, at the end of the day, we want we want everyone being able to you know be a part of it, and 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 receive the video. So, you know, we went to digital downloads really early in in yeah our, you know, our business's history, and I think you know particularly over the last two years, everybody's gotten so good with internet, especially yes. that it's now just what is a USB, what is a what is a DVD. Yeah. It's just straightforward and easy now, and, and the systems have become far more advanced to download them as well. Yeah, absolutely, because I remember you've been doing our concert now, what, five, six, seven years maybe? Um, Longer? Probably eight or nine. Oh, gee whiz, there, there you go. Um, and yeah, we went, like, the, the first year Jump came on board, eight or nine years ago was when we um, stopped DVDs completely, went straight to digital downloads, and we haven't looked back since, because it's not only like Jump's talking about that extra, you know, for a USB, it's going to cost at least, what, an extra $10 Per client, probably least. more. Like you know, because the other thing too is, I mean, you want to make sure you're giving a high quality yes. DVD, you know, video as well. So, and that was, you know, that's always one of the things to think about with DVDs. No matter what you do, you've only got so much physical space to use on a DVD. So, 
depending on the show length, you had to compress things. So you were getting this, you know, low resolution quality video to, you know, to, to give to your clients. Whereas with, you know, USBs to some degree, but you've still got size constraints. Yeah. But online, you know, videos, essentially it's, it's now uncompressed or, you know, yeah. moderately compressed. It's compressed to about the same level as what your Netflix is. Yeah, amazing. You know, so, you know, there's always that area where you don't want to have, you know, super hard, yeah, high, high, yeah. high, you know, file sizes yeah. to download for people because that becomes a problem and, you know. Yeah, so for those that don't understand, so when, um, you know, Jum records and, and any videographer will record on their um, professional cameras that the files that they're creating are huge. Like, yeah. even compared to, like, when we, like, jam up our phones, if you've got, like, one of the latest iPhones, you jam up your phone to 4K, 60 frames per second, it makes huge files. But then the cameras that, that any videographer is using are even bigger than that. Yeah. And it's not even going to fit on any USB. So they just have got to reduce the quality a little bit. Um, but to get it onto a digital download, they don't need to reduce those files anywhere near as much as they do to get onto a DVD. Yeah. And the more you reduce that file size and that quality, the worse it looks, especially yeah. on nowadays when everybody's got such amazing flat screen TVs. Yeah. When the client would, if they put in a DVD to watch it, it's going to look pretty horrible, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, yeah, you've, you've pretty much nailed it. So the more you compress is, is essentially you're taking out, you know, data in each pixel. So everything's yep. worked on pixels and resolution. Um, and we talk about bit rates. So the bit rate is basically the, the file size per pixel yep. that we're using. Um, and to get it down in size, we've got to take out information out of that, which is, you know, reduces colors reduces, and quality. Yeah, reduces yeah, the quality. So, you know, digital download, you're getting better quality at a cheaper cost. Yeah, it's far easier for everybody to deal with. You get it a lot quicker because there's that time, you know, difference yep. of producing all these. Absolutely. To me, it's it was just a no-brainer. And most importantly, so for someone like we do the um, as a lot of our as all of our tribe members, um, and Studio Growth Club members know we do our, our concert performance package, which so many people and studios are moving towards now, which we love. Um, but we know that within that, like if you're um, if you were doing for us all of our 750 odd students you're also literally having to pay labor for you or one of the team to sit there and plug in, even if, let's say, USBs and you've got a big hub, still plug in eight USBs, click file drop, like drag and drop, right? Like that is a massively laborious task, right, that you're having to pay lots of money for and build that into the quote. And absolutely. So, you, you, you know, you've got labor involved in doing that. You've got the consumable cost. But then there's also, you know, we also want to make sure that what we're delivering is, is working as well. So you've got to go back and check and check some files. Or, you know, everything's there. You times that by, you know, even 100. Yeah. You know, that is huge amounts of time that you're, you know, you're getting charged for that, you know, for the, for the sake of what would be an hour or two-hour show, you know, plus the editing, everything. It's, it's massive costs. Yeah. And, and, and it's things that, you know, over time that people, you know, have only just started to realise or, you know, probably have forgotten about that, these things are all involved in pricing and structuring, you know, what your videography costs are. Absolutely. That sort of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about was that within, you know, the quotes that you're sending out to dance studios and whatnot, there are so many things that goes into that packages and pricings. And you do have options from like, you know, the, the, the lower end, which you'll talk about like just your single cam shoots all the way up to, you know, the, the Lamborghinis of, everything that you could offer with a gazillion cameras and everything. Could you maybe just talk, maybe just about like the, the bottom end, that single cam shoot versus what you could offer in the top end and obviously everything yeah. else is in between, right? Yeah, so, I mean, tra 
I'll probably start with traditionally, you've got your two camera shoot, which is what you know most people go for. You've got a wide shot, which is generally a locked off wide shot. And then you've got the camera that follows all the action and, and make sure you get all those nice close up footage when yep. you can get the, the happy smiley kids. The happy smiley kids, because you know, every parent wants to make sure they A, see their kid, but they see them happy and, and, and doing, you know, yep. having fun. So that that is what is traditionally what is offered. But we know that there is also studios out there that, you know, probably aren't as big, they've just started. Um, you know, these costs, you know, just aren't bearable at this stage in their in, in their business's life. So we do offer single camera stream, uh, you know, well, what we call streams because it's essentially how we do it. We, we actually stream it out to a, a server, which records it for us. And it's, it's essentially an operated camera um, shot slightly wider, but it's far cheaper than having the two camera shoot because you don't have the added labor in, you know, yep. setting up the extra gear as well as the editing cost. Because it's a single camera, we can actually speed through the tidy up process because we've got yep. half, essentially half the footage to go through. Yes, so for um, you on the day, you send out one camera operator um, they set up, record the show, and then the editing is just that one. You've got that one um, picture that you just go through and tidy we, up. We, we trim up the edges, yep, yep, to make it nice and neat. Um, and then we send it out. So you can get that. I mean, that's the great thing about it, too, is you can get that turned around really quickly. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, it's not, it's, it's not like having your two camera shoot or, or more mm -hmm. um, because there's, you know, a different quality to that as well. Yes. But at the end of the day, we know that studios want to have this finished product to show their families. It's important for their families. You know, as a dance dad myself, I know it, I like watching back and watching the kids progress. I mean, yep. it's good to good to have those mementos. Um, so we, you know, we offer this now is because we think it's important for you know every studio to be able to offer that to help promote their studio as well because that's part of it as well. You know, having snippets and highlights of dance concerts for their you know yep. marketing efforts to show what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it is the base package, and you know, it gives everyone the option. You can then go up to your, your more traditional package, which is your two camera, which is what you know ninety percent of studios mm -hmm. will go with, um, and that does your two camera shoot, what pretty much everyone's used to, to seeing. But then, of course, you can always go further than that. You know, add extra cameras for different angles. Um, we offer steady cams, which you know I don't know if people know what they are, but they're basically on a, a gimbal, which you'll see a lot of you know people yep. having mobile phone gimbals which steady the shot. You've got a couple of them, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I know you're pretty. You're pretty. Uh, Pretty, pretty big fan of those, but you know, there's all kinds of different things that you can then add on to 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 then you know, I suppose pimp out your your dance yeah. concert videos. Um, we know that you know people like doing behind the scenes type shots, so you can do yeah. that sort of thing. You know, get a, get a shot of a kid coming off stage. How was that? You know, if you've got a break in between um, your, your your concert items and you don't want that big pause, have a camera off stage and, and, and cut to it to to talk to your students if you want to do that. I mean, it's pretty much one of those things that once you get into that next level, you can add on to it whatever you want it to, to yep. do to see fit, you know. Yeah, but, the, but generally, you know, the more of those things you want, number one, the more equipment that's needed, yep. which obviously makes it more expensive, which is fine. Um, and then also the more operators you need, the more people you're needing to pay, yep. which again is just making it a more expensive um, thing for dance studios. And if that's what you want, and if you've budgeted for that, we've built that into your... Um, concert performers for your things like that, then it can be a real, real win for your studio. Yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's the key. I think you know is to make sure that you know talk with your talk with your videographer or whoever it is that's doing your videos, and 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 come up with a plan so that way you can build into your concert structure as well. Because yep. you know the one thing we don't like is I suppose people coming back and getting a bit of a fright about you know they've had all these great ideas and they've started talking about it with 
people and then they, they come back and get the price for it. And, you know, it can be as simple as going, well, you know, last year we had our concert on a Friday. This year we've got it on a Sunday and they've forgotten that, you know, people have to pay double time on a Sunday. So the labour cost goes up. Yep. That, you know, you get that sort of, I suppose, bill shock, quote shock. Um, so making sure, you know, you know what you're dealing with, you know, come up with a plan and then, and then go out and, and, and talk to your, your parents and, and build into that, that pricing structure, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Love that. So um, you, what sort of made me think of this podcast, I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier, to be <laughs> honest, but um, you put out a great little video um, the other day to your mailing list about the top five videography tips um, to make sure that you get the best quality concert videos, right? Um, so I just wanted to have a chat about the things you sent out in that. And in the show notes as well, I will put the link to that video so everyone can see your pretty face as mm-hmm. you talk through it. Um, but the first tip you talked about there was making sure that you block off a good spot in the centre of a theatre for you and all the team to set up the cameras. Yeah, so this is important. I mean, obviously, we like to make sure it's pleasing to the eye to watch. You know, so having something centred gives you a nice straight-on picture. You don't have any of these weird angles, so you know it, it looks off. I mean, yep. the more centre you can get, the better it will be. Um, I know f- from our side of things with a two-camera production or our single cameras, centre's great because you get a full view of the stage. No one's blocked off in the wings for any particular reason, um, and it just gives us a better operating view. As part of that, also to make sure that you know directly in front, you're not going to have any parents that are going to stand up and block the cameras. We can get our cameras as high as we can get them. Um, but some venues are, are, you know, we've got all sorts of venues we work in across, you know, yep. everywhere. Making sure that you're not going to have anyone walk in and block that, you know, or jump up and, you know, wave their hands in front of, you know, we'll, I know as, as part of our procedure, we'll let people know in front that we're filming. But keep that in mind that, you know, where you, you put your, your seating is important because, like I said, we get generally one shot at filming these things. Yes. We want to make sure it's the best you can be. So, you know, that was part of our reason for this video is to give you some ideas, particularly given the last few years, we probably haven't had many concerts happening. No, in theatres. And that's what, like, yeah. sometimes, you know, it, it's um, when you watch that, when you watch a, a dance concert back or, like, even just in a Stedford video that's not quite centre, you can tell straight away. Oh. And, the, and the quality of the video is just not going to be as good. And... It's absolutely key, especially because we're probably right at the time now um, or studios are probably a few weeks away from releasing those tickets for sale for the end of year concerts. I know for us in our theatre, we tell our theatre we block off the... We know where John wants to be in the theatre um, at our venue and so we just block off maybe 10 or 20 seats, yep. two rows of seats, 10 seats across to give. And we know that you know it's, they're the prime seats people want to watch as well, mm. but we know that people also want great videos so we're happy to give up those 20 seats but so many studios I'm sure you probably come across this you'll turn up to, to record a studio on a day and there's nowhere for you to go because they haven't thought about that yep and and look it, it can be even things like you know they've got a great spot as well but hanging chandeliers and things like that in particularly your old cinemas or theatres yep. you know some of the ones where you've got a dress circle or a, you know and so you've got low hanging ceilings um, you know they're all things I suppose just to be aware of, yep. but yeah, if you can get it centre and you know some sort of height, you're always going to be on a win. Like I said, um, talk to your videographer too; they can often help. You know, letting you know. But we we always say in, in sort of our our proposals, if you can give us four to six seats, um, sort of three or two or three, um, one row in front, one row behind, then you pretty much got a, a good little space to work in 
we can set up. We're going to make sure no one's going to be kicking legs of cameras and giving you that shake, um, and we'll get you we'll get you a great video. Yeah, perfect. That sounds amazing. What was tip number two? So, you know, the second tip is basically making sure you get good quality lighting and particularly your whitewash lighting. So, um, with lighting, the I don't know whether people sort of realise this, but you have different colour temperatures. So just like your household globes, you can have warm white, cool white, um, and daylight. Um, having that consistent, A, colour temperature for your whitewash, so you can see the, the kids' faces and they don't look either A, green, or you know B, really yellow, but having that same level too, so they're not overly bright and or too dark, mm-hmm. gives you... A great basis to get great videos and we and you know we're realistic in that too that this is also a, a show so you need to have that i suppose creative flair to it yes. um but what we always sort of you know keep in the back of our mind is that you know parents are going to come back and watch this if we can make it so it looks great for them to come back and watch this it's going to be a great video they're going to come back and watch it all the time you know we're going to be able to get great colors great faces great expressions and great clarity you know, because if you have it a too dark, you're going to get this grain that comes up in the picture, and we can only do so much yep. in our editing to to restore that. And on the other side, if it's too bright, you lose a lot of your your contrast, particularly between your white. So, yep. um, you know, we'll always go in and work with the the lighting designer or whoever's operating to get that base. And we do have some you know room to move. We've got some really high end cameras which give us some flexibility, which is great. But if we can lock that in start and get it nice and make sure we're not being too dark so we you know we don't yep. miss any of the action or too bright it's going to look great and i think sometimes that can be a little bit of a trade-off that, that studio owners from the creative side of them don't quite realize is that they might spend ages doing incredible lighting designs which look incredible live in the theater but if you're not getting that that front wash of, of a little bit of, of white on the faces then when you come back and watch the video it's not going to look anything like it did in the theatre. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it's one of those things, you know, and you know my past, I've worked in production for 25-odd yep. years, you know, particularly with live events. You know, what you it, – it's, 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 it's really interesting. What you see on stage compared to what you always see, and this is across any video production, um, on camera are two different things. Yep. Um, you know, our human eyes are amazing. You know, they are just – Wonderful beasts, and we've you know we don't give them enough credit. Unfortunately, technology isn't quite up to the human eye standard, so you know we've only got limits to work with. So, you know there are ways to you know talking with your lighting designer to get those creative looks. And I know sometimes it's not always this easy, but to get those creative looks whilst maintaining a level of light, and it doesn't have to be pure white light, a level of brightness on stage to make sure we can see stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely worth probably the the last little bit of that, making sure that your videographer and the lighting tech um, from your venue are talking to each other pre-show. Absolutely. And, and like I said, for our team, we always go out and, and we make ourselves known and we get there you know, nice and early so we can have that conversation. I suppose when organising your tech crew, just make sure that they know that you've got your videographer coming, you know, where they're going to set up and that they're going to want to just you know, test their lighting. I mean, they should do, but make sure it, you know, they know about it so they're not on breaks. You know, we don't get to opening of a curtain and people are like, oh, I've still got to dial in my cameras and whatnot. Yeah. You know, because perfect. You're not, you're not chasing the ball on that one. Yep, absolutely. And um, tip number three you had was something that I know I've been guilty of in the past is making sure um, as studio owners that we normalize the audio tracks for our entire concert. Um, it might be something that's silly that, we do, that people out there are going, oh, duh. But making sure that every single track, 
in the concert is the same volume level. Yep. Yeah, so this one, you know, I know that as you go on, you know, a lot of people like to edit up clips. We're not always, you know, performing a song yep. from start to finish. We're cutting and editing and things like that. And even in professional audio, you know, there's different volume levels as tracks are produced. The idea of normalizing is to bring those, you know, loud points up to a certain level and the quiet points up so there's not that really big gap. Because what can happen is, is it, you know, I know there's always an audio guy, but they won't always be writing the audio levels yep. for the track. They, you know, a lot of them expect it to be normalized for this. So what can happen on your videos is that we'll set up to what will be the first song, which is what they'll probably test us with. And that could be a really quiet song. But then you go to a song towards the end, which is probably your build-up number, you know, finale numbers. And because it's a hype number, it's super loud. And that causes things to clip, which gets this really weird buzz. And once you get things clipping, you can't actually change the level. If they go above what our systems can take in, yep. you get this weird noise, um, you know, means we have to come back, add extra files to the videos. It takes time. You know, yep. It'll end up costing more, you know, for the sake a lot of more normal, editing. lot more editing, a lot more production involved, and for the sake of normalizing, you know, it'll also work better in the in the in the concert venue as well because you know you yes. won't have these songs that sound really quiet yep. um, versus songs that are blowing people's you know yep. heads off because there's that difference. Yep. And and like I said in our video, we, we give you an option. There's a, a free program called Audacity. Yes, you plug yep. your, you you plug your song into there, hit a button, it'll do it for you. Save it. Job done. Amazing. And then even, so we, I think last year we had 145 tracks or something across all of our shows for our end of year concert. Um, I, I pay for a program called Adobe Audition. It's in the Adobe suite. Um, it's a monthly subscription. So like it's one of those things you could just sign up around concert time if you wanted. Mm. But for me to normalize those 145 tracks, I YouTubed how to do what's called a batch process mm. for it. And that literally took me six minutes to normalize 145 tracks. Yeah. So there's ways around there. It's probably worth, you know, if you've got a hundred or up a large number of tracks to spend that 30 to $40 for the month mm. and run it through something like Adobe where you can batch process those sorts of things. And, and look, we know everyone's not, you know, tech nerds like we are. Talk to your videographers. If, if you're not sure and you need some help, they're going to have this software available to them. Yep. You know, it may cost you a small fee, but then you're going to have great audio as well. You know, yep. and it'll be done in no time. You know what you're going to get. The videographer is going to know what they're going to get too. Yep. Um, you know, it's an option for you if you're not too, you know, tech savvy to do it yourself. Yeah, because it's going to save them a lot of time. Yeah. In the end as well. So, they'd yeah. Be, yeah, they'd be happy to help, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then what was tip number four? So, tip number four was, you know, particularly for those doing, you know, tap routines, musical theater numbers, is making sure that. A, your microphone choices are there for those, um, you know, particularly tap routines, um, because we know that it's important to hear the, the clicking sound of the tap routines. So just mentioning it to your, your venue audio guys to say, hey, you know, we've got a tap routine. Can we have a microphone down there to pick it up? Um, generally, in the concert, they'll lower the, the, the backing track and yep. bring up that sound. Um, I know we run additional microphones to pick that up, but they're all the way back in the back of the room. So sometimes, depending on the size of the venue, we can make it sound great or it might be a bit soft. But if you've got that audio uh, microphone there, you're going to get that great sound anyway. It's going to come through great both for the, the viewing audience and for your videos. Um, and the same goes for your musical theatre numbers. Um, you know, I know that studios have different levels of music, musical theatre. I know you've done it in the past where you do a recording of yep. them and they sing to that, which I think is a great thing, A, for the performers if they're, you know, 
particularly young, gives them that confidence, but also gives you that great performance number as well. Um, so that's something we, you know, we suggest and recommend if you've got the ability to do it, then it's great. Yeah, and I think, again, like this is another one, like the same with the lighting, is too often I think we, because we've spent so long playing our concerts through in our heads, we just assume that everybody else has known what's going on with these sorts of things. And you turn up on concert day and none of the other people, the key players, the videographer, the um, theatre techs, obviously know what's going on inside your head. So mm -hmm. making sure you're thinking of these things now and recommend your videographer calling the theatre, like calling the theatre and chatting to the techs around these so that they know. It's a five-minute conversation between, between those people and they know they're going to turn up on the day and know exactly what's going on and there's going to be no surprises. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, if you do need your videographer to call them, give them the number and say, look, we're booked in these guys for the state. Can they give you a call? You know, we're happy to call people just to, to say this is what we're doing. What have you got planned? Um, most people that are inside of this production side of industry will have worked with, you know, all the different aspects, video, lighting, um, you know, sound, yep. everything. Um, so we all know how we all speak. You know, if, if you're not too familiar with it, then great, we'll speak to them. Um, you know, this is the reason why we gave this sort of tip video to get people thinking about it too because, yep. you know, venues have, you know, sort of been, you know, missed out on this sort of dance yes. season as we've seen it for the last couple of years as well. So we wanted to make sure everyone was thinking about, you know, particularly the, the things we thought about which were stuff that sometimes you can think you've thought about, like you said, you might have forgotten and, you know, we want to make sure everyone's got great videos because, you know, this is a particularly going to be a particularly important year for everybody. Absolutely. And then tip number five was all around the video backdrops. Do you want to talk a bit more about that one? Yeah, so video backdrops are something we've noticed, you know, in the last couple of seasons are becoming a bit more important. Yep. Um, you know, they give a great feel to different, you know, numbers, particularly your bigger performance numbers. Um, but what we have noticed is that, you know, depending on the venue and things like that, they come out in weird formats. And we spoke about this in our video we live in a country, and I'm going to get a little bit technical here, so bear with me. We live in a country that runs off 50 hertz for power mm -hmm. and essentially 25 frames or 50 frames per second video standard. That's different to what the states are where a lot of this content is produced and particularly our you know, laptops and everything that plays back that are all formatted too. Um, so what happens is when people plug in these... So they, know, might, they might purchase the video backdrop from the states. <clears throat> they might purchase the video backdrop from the states or from one of these sites... And, and when they play back, what it comes up in on these systems is this flickering. You won't see it in, in real life because your eyes, as we said, are amazing things. But because the camera is set to this particular frame rate, and remember, we're always filming to make sure we get the best picture of the children. Um, we've, we've set it for that frame rate or, or hertz rating that it gets this flicker on this backdrop. So there are a few things you can do to, to fix that and, and you know, talk to your videographer about that. But we can, you know rejig the video files to make sure they comply um, i know that you know based on the last couple of seasons we're now carrying converters for our um, text so we can convert that uh, frame rate out talk to you guys because it is something that we've got to deal with the text to do um, but it can be as easy depending on the software is put uh, you're playing out on is changing the software output from certain frame rate to a certain frame rates yep. and software is getting really clever it can do that without anybody noticing it's going on to big projectors, which you know, in some of these big theaters are great, but they're not, you know, they're super perfect. great. Yeah. So, you know, we can do that before in the signal chain to make it so it looks yeah. great. And and you know, it does make a big difference because the yes. last thing you want to do is, you know, get to this end of your video and go, look, 
everything looks great, but there's this really weird flickering in the yeah, back. Yeah, especially if you're, because um, we know lots of like lots of our incredible studio owners might have that, like their theatre might have an incredible um, projection system. And so they have these video backdrops running through their entire show. And so if you're not having this set up and you don't chat to your videographer beforehand, the entire playback on the videography for every single routine in the concert is going to have this ridiculous, like, not ridiculous, really hard to watch flicker on it. Right? Yeah, and, and and it gets really really hard to watch, particularly the brighter the screen, like the the video image you get. So if you're using white coloured backdrops, it flickers. And I mean, it, it, like I said, it's it's an easy fix, and I know our team are pretty well versed on how to make it work for you. Trust them to do it is one part I would say too. You know, they are professionals in what <coughs> they do. Most of our guys have had, you know, ten. 15 plus years experience in production as well as what we're doing now in video. Um, so we know what we're doing in that regard, but you know, we want to make sure we're giving you the best Perfect. videos at the end. So yeah, absolute key. If you are using one of those video backdrops um, to make sure you chat to number one, your theater and number two, your videographer to make sure that it's going to come out epic um, as epic on the video as it is in real life. Amazing. Well, can you believe we've almost been going half an hour? And that brings us to the end of our podcast, Jump. Thanks so much for coming on and chatting all things concert videography. Um, like I said, in the show notes, I will pop the link to that video you sent out. Um, and then also where we can find you, where, where can people find Jump Media? Yep. So it's just jumpmedia.com.au. So J-U-M-M-E-D-I-A.com.au. Uh, things are getting pretty uh, full, but we do have dates available um, and we do have you know, multiple crews out there, so we can assist where we can. But get in contact, um, even if you just got some questions, we'll do what we can to help you. Amazing. Thanks so much, guys. Um, and we will see you next week on the Dance Principles United podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks. Talk to you soon.